Comic Book Day and Happy New Year. Thank you to Bad Mary for that too sweet playing. And welcome to U.S. Comics Cast, Chapter 2, Episode 1, Two Topics, 60 Minutes for the People. I'm John Rivera, the CEO and co-founder of U.S. Comics. And if he's the CEO, the only title I could think of assigning myself was the COO. I am Charlie Rivera. I am... Oh. Co-founder, it is well earned. I am hanging on desperately to the title of young and (laughs) thirty-five-year-old in the universe. They call me Charlie, aka Sizzle Dog, aka the other child, formerly known as, also as well as, very much me. That is all canonical now. Sizzle Dog, did you authorize Sizzle Dog? I'm asking my actual dogs if they. Authorized sizzle dog. I certainly did not, sir. Uh, but you know what, though? It's still technically the holiday season of Three Kings Day is not yet upon us. So this is another gift from me to you. I will allow for this week only sizzle dog to actually be a thing. Charlie. Hey, man. Happy. Happy New Year, sucker. Happy New Year. We got we to made it. We got to spend New Year's together. We did. COVID tests, uh, a very long drive for you, and uh, at least a, at least one bottle of a little bit of the bubbly. Oh, yeah, a little and, bit of fire water, a little bit of bubbly to quench it. A little bit of fire water went, uh, went a long way this year. Did. Actually, really did. I didn't drink nearly as much as years past. As, as, as much as you remember. <laughs> like, let's be honest. I mean, there's no real accounting. For, there was nobody counting bottles. That's around Charlie Sizzle Dog. <laughs> there it is. Good now, Lord. So I'm gonna capture that audio forever. You oh, know, I, I need that trick again, huh? I that need- old chestnut. Oh, don't worry, that's coming soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's amazing is like New Year's is this is you know it's a very emotional time for, sure, for sure. family, made even more so emotional by that. Tremendous mm. season finale of Mandalorian. Oh, John Favreau, God love you, but god damn you. Ooh. Who would have thought what the that hell? My crusty, crinkly antique heartstrings could just be just be worked, worked like a little Grogu puppet. Good lord almighty. Good lord, John Favreau, what did I do to you? Besides just giving you all the money that I had in my possession to make you treat me the way you did to put me on the emotional roller coaster that you have. What, what, what's 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 the deal, dude? I don't even I don't even understand. So the thing I've been trying desperately to come to terms with, and there's a lot, and yeah. somehow none of it's my sexuality. Somehow I locked <laughs> on to that, you know, super young. Uh, what I can't, I've never loved Star Wars the way I've kind of wanted to love Star Wars. Hmm. Star Wars has always been this like amazingly cool thing, but like even visually, it's not the Millennium Falcon I love the most. It's not even Han Solo's amazing blaster. Uh, like my favorite, one of the favorite aspects. Sorry, buddy. One of my favorite aspects of my Funko collection is I'm coming, Elizabeth. I'm coming. Just grab your heart. Grab it out. 
I uh I have this amazing chunk of my Funko collection that's just different awesome stormtroopers. And like stormtroopers are the shittiest part of Star Wars, not style-wise, they're styling as hell in their white. Yeah, boots. no, they look good. That armor they is they don't care how late after Labor Day it is, they are wearing white to any function that they go to, and you're just gonna have to deal with it. Dude, but but what Dave Filoni and and John Favreau have done is make me with every fiber of my being love Star Wars. And it's not even like love some of it. I've never been more excited to see uh, lightsabers swinging. I've mm -hmm. never been more excited to see alien species and get out of here with the fact that in 2021, I sit before these lovely people and my dear brother and my favorite part of Star Wars, of all of Star Wars, is fucking the Mandalorians? Listen. Boba like Jango Fett. Like the most hated celebrity in Charlie and Kevin Smith's menu. Like he said it best. In the undeniably most Christmassy of Christmas movies, welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> welcome. It's never too late to jump on the Star Wars band wagon. And this is what's interesting to me, which, let's face it, is probably the most important thing. Mandalorian. Look, Mandalorian has accomplished many, many things, right? It's introduced... Like Charlie said, it's it's, it's re reignited the flames of amor for lifetime Star Wars fans like myself. It has reinvigorated the tepid flames of love in somebody like Charlie's heart. It has brought new fans to the fray who never ever had an invite or wanted an invite to the particular party. It has accomplished a lot. Something that we've spoken about here, and we've talked about Mandalorian for week upon week upon week. Mandalorian, uh, something that has no comic book origin to speak of whatsoever, didn't make a difference. We could not help ourselves from talking about what was happening on damn Disney Plus on a week by week basis. That being said, something that we've talked that I've talked about um, pretty pretty loudly. Uh, with Charlie nodding his head in agreement, is that Boba Fett was almost exclusively a fuck up. I have, I'm so sorry to the Boba Fett lovers out there, and and we're on record episode, God knows which. Awesome, I've dated Boba Fett. Parents, you love Boba Fett because yes. that's a dope. Look, I mean, look, Boba Fett. He he even had it working in his first appearance as a cartoon in the Christmas special. He full on pulled the Harley Quinn. He's like, "Hey, look at me! Look at this rifle! Isn't look at this rifle? Isn't it goofy looking? I bet you wonder what's going on there." Like he he captured people's attention. I get it, but in the the, the original trilogy, he did less than Dick. He if he did anything, he was <laughs> fucking it up. Basically, the best that he did was act as a space FedEx driver. He transported Han Solo and Carbonite from point A to point B, but he didn't catch him. It took my man Darth to catch him. So I was loudly on record as saying Boba Fett ain't shit, but the reason I was doing so was because in the comic books, 
there was at least uh, the flirting of a redemption for him. Like, oh, you know what? Maybe he can do some shit. You know that he at least uh, that he at least evaporated some damn body, right? He he did something at some point for Vader to be like, you know what, dude? You're all right by me. Come on, bring a dented ass over here. But Mandalorian has redeemed Boba Fett like nothing else could. And it took 12 minutes of screen. He just shows up fucking dressed in black, full dad bod in in the in the desert, and he was making it work. But I mean, like I, I, I was literally watching it, loving it, but at the same time shocked. I was like, they fucking redeemed Boba Fett, and they did it. And how? To the point where, so uh, not to bury the the lead about how much crying I did in the goddamn finale, like a, like I had a skid knee and whatnot. But when they did the trailer, when they did the <laughs> book of Fett pre Mandalorian is such a bad idea. I would have spent an entire segment on this show poo-pooing it yeah i would have i would have spent this huge amount of energy terrible building up like i'm building up like i'm building death star three <laughs> i would have spent time money time charm. resources to build up a diatribe about how lazy it is and you can't just take something from the past repack oh I'm sorry. Sorry, John. Sorry, Dave. It turns out I'm a fucking oh. idiot. Oh, I'm a moron? Okay, cool, cool, cool. I don't and know shit. I should just sit here and shut the fuck up? You got okay. Uh, the the, the right, I read this week, and maybe it's been confirmed, and I'm just looking at old pages. It was a holiday, after all. Quit breaking my balls, internet. That Robert Rodriguez is, is like possibly going to direct all of them? Like, this is his vehicle? I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I haven't heard that. After I, I, ha I neither have heard it or uh, believe it, to be totally frank. Maybe he's just directing an episode. But I can see him directing an episode for sure. Because, look, Favreau has done, done a, a few things expertly, undeniably well. First and foremost, he has navigated the minefield of Kathleen Kennedy. Because she seems bound and determined to mess up stuff that we love, right? Yeah. Um, she, we don't need to go into it because we, we I don't like to live in negativity. I will say this. Mandalorian has managed to introduce one of the coolest female characters. And by one, I mean, oh, wait, it's like, yeah, like four? Look, and, and this is something that as it was happening, I was literally making a mental note. I'm like, I've got to bring this up. There is a moment, and again, spoiler spoiler alert, I guess. If, if you you're listening or watching this, but you haven't already finished met the second season of Mandalorian, shame on you. Shame. <laughs> Dude, you I'm shouldn't watch Mando. You should go to church. Apologize for not watching Mando yet. Then go back, watch Mando. Then you can come back and listen to the rest of this shit. <laughs> but seriously, hmm. let this play. You pieces of crap. Yeah, you need the but, but fact, this while you're waiting, you go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. Yeah, yeah, do it now. You know, and you leave a comment do it while you're at church and tell the people sitting, you're like, hey, while you're kneeling down there, go ahead. Can you just like and subscribe to this? Thanks. Yeah. Leave, a, leave a quick five-star review on, <laughs> on iTunes. Oh, but yeah, there was there was this moment 
where on screen your your screen 65 inches from corner to corner of pure female badassery there wasn't a schwatz to be found on screen if you had binocular if you had like those weird four binocular binoculars that in star wars land they just seem to give out for free. every damn body's got these amazing binoculars i don't do you know anybody in real life that owns binoculars no at best i could point you to like one of those coin ops where you can like go and and get definitely get covid straight to your face because nobody's wiping down anything um anyways but uh um, what 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 was i saying was the fact that here's all these female characters exclusively female characters kicking ass not even bother to taking names because they ain't calling any of these losers after the fact. And they were just like, there it is, right? Yeah. Here it is. Here is something that people have been talking about and you didn't need to be wait, literally waving a flag, stomping your feet, making some kind of like stupid off-color comment like, that's how the girls do it. Like, no, asshole, just go in, kick ass, and go about your business. That's that's how you make change, right? Well, and and as as part of a smaller group of people, it would have been exactly the same. I would have had the exact same feeling if it was all Puerto Rican actors or if it was all male uh, uh, romantic leads, five foot ten or under. Like any particular group that you wanted to that that I I feel a connection with, I would have had that same warmth in my heart over seeing it on screen in that fashion. I mean, this is something that. Favreau and his 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 core of storytellers does masterfully. It's awesome. And and again, I could see, I could see something like I, I would watch a whole show of those four freaking characters running around the universe, beating the hell out of everybody that comes across their path. That was outstanding. You know, the the one thing I I particularly loved about it on my like third viewing. <laughs> they did a very good job of like the first time we met the other Mandalorians in like the 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 you know our night owls. Yeah, there was a dude. There were and two dudes. Like he was, they were busy. There were two guys. Venture, I guarantee, because they wanted this one shot, and they want, and I, it's very interesting because there's always those debates about like when you make something political or when you give someone a little bit of medicine with their candy, like, like you say, there's Never always, said that. <laughs> well, I'm going to on it. Anyone on the back Definitely of mangle that saying, I'm not going to allow you to blame me. Sorry. <laughs> uh, there's always this thing of like, Oh, who cares? as a dude, I was excited for the little girl watching that scene and said, I could be that chick. I yeah. could be that chick, I could be that. Oh, I could be the alien Jedi. As a storyteller, oh, as a storyteller, who when when you sit down and you try to determine ways, uh, um, you want to be inclusive. You want to be representative. You want to speak to all audiences, right? So sometimes coming from a different place. It doesn't come automatically. It doesn't come naturally. Sometimes you have to sit down and write down, you know, figure the math out. You got to carry the one and, you know, pi is 3.14 and, and all that all that nonsense. And you have to figure out, okay, how can I accomplish the end goal 
because I've, I, it's not just that I, I've personally never done it before. I've never seen it before. Yeah. Right. So we've made it a point, you know, and I'll speak for you as well. Cause I know that it's true. And like we've, <laughs> we've made it a point where we've included characters for us comics that we have like, we have never seen on the printed page or circumstances that the characters are going to go through that we've never seen on the printed page. Um, whatever the case might be, certain things that are brand new to the world, obviously they haven't made it to the printed page yet. So what do you do? Do you sit down and like, you try to Stephen King it? You're like, okay, so the ghost comes out and the vampire farts it out and then the werewolf eats him. And that's, no, because that's that doesn't have any connection to anything. When you don't know, you reach out. You're like, hey, you belong to this particular group. Hey, you've personally had this situation. You know, that that's when you do your homework. They clearly have, have done their homework, and it's for a fictional fucking world. There, you see how much they care. And, and I'll, I'll give you full credit, Charlie. You said it best. When something is a passion project, you see it in every frame. You see it in every page. You see it everywhere. It's it's floating in the air. You could smell it. You could like, you know, like if you close your eyes and the sun is beating, ooh, just a little tingles. Ooh, like you know it's something good. Well, it's the the interesting, it's it's you know, one of my favorite writers, Max Landis, oh. writes some of these stories that I genuinely I don't like decisions he makes. <laughs> I love how much he loves the decision he made. Oh, right, right. Like, it's like at this point, I feel like this particular half of the star Wars creators. Cause that's what it is. There's this like very obvious line in the sand of what someone wants star Wars to be and someone else showing what star Wars is to them. And yeah. those so don't seem so diametrically opposed but they are because one takes things that exist and makes them better. I love Boba Fett. Why does he suck so bad? How do we make him cool in 30 minutes or less? And they're able to do it. I'm positive that if C3 showed C3PO showed up, he'd have like a bandana and a Gatling gun and he'd be the coolest some bitch ever. Just kind of, you know, what's you know, what the fu what's funny to me is, Look at a character like the IG robot. Oh my god. The IG robot had a had a he had a um a redemption arc that was like if you had gotten him to piss, you would have missed the, the redemption arc. Yeah. He went from like the worst son of a bitch ever trying to kill Baby Yoda, aka Grogu, to like being his protector self-sacrifice. Like if if um if this had been Constantine and the devil all muddy, you know, foot. Was trying to drag him to hell, like robot hell. If that, I mean, there's a robot devil, um, uh, you know, as as we've come to to learn from <laughs> Bender, um, there must be a robot heaven, right? He would have he would have gone to robot heaven for that self sacrifice. That's and I awesome. I had a personal grudge from the IG88, who he wasn't, <laughs> but he was just like IG88, obviously from Shadows of the Empire. Fighting some bitch was oh. the biggest pain in the ass. Oof. We almost didn't make this recording because Charlie was still on that board trying to beat that some bitch. I stand by the fact the N64 controller is the worst, <laughs> best thing ever. But uh, the last thing I'll say about it, and then we'll, I guess, start the show. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome, listeners and viewers. Uh, 
what's very interesting is a comment you made a few days ago. And if you're looking at Star Wars right now, as much as some creators and some people in charge may want the force to be female, and part of me wants that too. I, I love groups feeling empowered. It's looking real Latin lately. That's all I'm, I'm you know, maybe a topic a for a valid point. It's a valid point. Well, you, you know what? Before before I uh steer <laughs> the steer the ship in a different direction, um, because this is literally just catch up at this point. One of the things that really struck me, I, I don't know if, if you've had the opportunity, obviously you've watched multiple episodes several times over, if not all of them. Um, have you been, have you caught most of or any of the, uh, I think it's called gallery uh, on Disney plus like the, the, in essence, the making of the yeah, show season one, I haven't watched season two yet. All right. So it, it's outstanding. I would highly recommend anybody who, even likes Mandalorian to watch this because it may, <clears throat> it may increase your feelings for it. If you love it, like we do, it's mandatory. You have to watch it, not just because of kind of how they accomplish the things, um, but why they do certain things. Then I won't, I won't delve into that because again, Mandalorian as awesome as it is, has zero comic book influence to begin with. Uh, so it really doesn't belong in this, uh, in this forum, but we love it. So we're going to do what we want to say. When you want to do that Mandalorian comic book, I know a company. I know a company that will happily be. I also would like everyone to meet uh, to my, my Grogu, little baby Raff Raff. Baby Raff. Just adorable. Just look at that grimace. Like father, like son. Holy shit. Uh, but no, but what I was saying just before we... They've taken this character. Just so grumpy. <laughs> just before we wrap it up, um, one of the things that you really do notice is that again, Favreau, he's brilliant. He he can do no wrong, in my esteemed opinion, if I do say so myself, and I do, and only I do. But also, as well as he has surrounded himself with this amazing collection of talent. And it's not just him going to war. It's not even just him and Filoni and George Lucas arm in arm skipping down the yellow brick road like, damn, they were going to Oz. It's not that. He has assembled this collection of talent. And it's funny because the feeling that you get from the show, just as a show, never mind the outstanding original music, never mind... Um, you know the the western feel of it of it all right uh never mind the the explicit kurosara references that we're getting like on a week to week basis but the thing the 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 truly kurosara thing sawa thing that really st sticks to me is assembling and it mimics the show because mando as badass and as awesome as he is beskar armor just having lasers bounce off him right and left. He's he's in the show assembling a team to accomplish together what none of them could accomplish individually. And that's the same thing that Favreau is doing. And also, as well as, again, he's doing it with a diverse group. He's not doing it with miniature favreau's right because we have favreau's voice and we love it granted but we don't need it to be replicated what would multiple favreau's 
echoing one another. No, he does it by surrounding himself with uh, uh, creators of different backgrounds, of different creeds, of different colors, of different sexes, of different perspectives. That's that's true, true genius. It's not just knowing what you know. It's knowing what you don't know, but can appreciate and you value and you put it all on the table because, again, the the whole is never... Well, how's the, what, how does it go exactly? The whole is greater than the sum of the parts it's made of, and it is true. What did my boy Kurt Angle say? It's damn true. Pass me the milk and shut up because <laughs> I think it's time we get the show started. So yeah. just real quick, because I always screw this up, and I want to make volume two, season two. I want to make whatever the, the hell this is called. Chapter two, episode one. Chapter wow. two, I want to. He doesn't want to screw something up. While screwing it up, yeah, it's the best. That is uh, on brand. I referenced little baby Raff Raff. Uh, little baby, little baby Raff Raff is a giant Raphael NECA figure that shouldn't yep, be in my hands yet. No, but I got him enough. and he is terrific. There are many viewers, uh, and listeners who are on the uh pre sale list for exactly that Raff that you have in your. Loving sweaty palms. Well, it sucks to suck. You know what? They can appreciate it through your appreciation because, yes, indeed, you do have the best brother. So, that being said, catch up having been accomplished. Uh, one of the things for 2021, oh, one of the best things about it is indeed chapter two of US Comics Cast. Um, but we're doing things a little differently. We're gonna have a new segment. That we're adding into the mix. Ooh, baby. Uh, and it is going to be this week in U.S. comics. Right? We want to make it a point to keep our loving listeners and viewers and followers and family and probably a couple of people that don't like us very much and watch just kind of hoping that we're going to mess up. We <laughs> want to keep you all in the loop because even though things are not always posted or uh, front and uh, you know front front and foremost the topics conversation. That doesn't mean that things are not happening behind the scenes. I assure you that they are. So we're going to make it a point every week. We're going to have a little few moments where we appraise you of a particular thing or another that's being worked on in that moment. So if Charlie, if I may, yes. I would like to kick us off with the first one. Um, we are actively, uh, effective immediately, going to be reinstating our who's who pages. We, we're, we're, we've turned the final corner when that last leg, if this was a horse race, there would be urine streaming down our leg because we are pushing our furry noses to that finish line. So we have really um, you know, less than a handful. I'm not sure if that's an actual mathematical number, but that's the one we're going with. Less than a handful of characters who have yet to make their debut in any of any kind. Um, there are even some in uh, licensing development. More information to follow on that. Um, but we are we we have turned that last corner. So I reiterate, you are going to be getting as close to weekly as humanly and John Lee and Charlie and Ellis Lee and Stanley possible. Uh, you're going to be getting weekly new characters, new bios, new descriptions, new artwork that you've never seen before. All right. When we close that last page of the who's who book, you are literally and figuratively going to be able to get your 
myths on said who's who book and that's something else that we'll be doing here on air is telling you how exactly you can go about getting one of those uh said uh said books whether it's in person or whether it's by request uh and whatnot so that that's something that i've personally been working on quite a bit uh it's coming out just lovely if i do say so myself but again it, it, the, the finish line the light at the end of the tunnel all that jazz Pick whichever one you want, whichever works best. Um, it is right there, boys and gals and everything in between. It is right there. You can almost, you could, you could just, ooh, ooh, like snow on the wind. You can, you can just taste it. Ooh, I love it. It's I, I just can't wait. And like, not that this, this is news. This is not news, so it doesn't count. But we do have a, a new T-shirt design that got approved today. That I that so is news. What are you talking about? That shirt is dope. I'm even more excited to let you guys know I'm going to force my brother to do limited edition T-shirts. So there's going to be more to follow on that, too. This kid I have a whole proposal I forgot to read you today. Customer, man. Um, you know what, though? I, I do got to say, there is something special about having a limited edition oh, T-shirt where only you can have if you had the forethought to act quickly much like my Bad Mary Space Girl T-shirt. What? Let me go ahead and. I, I heard I heard another rumor about a T-shirt, but we'll really save that. Yeah, that that that'll be that'll be uh, <laughs> when we have something to draw about. So, uh, again, that's all the news that's fit to to uh, gossip about uh, in the halls, the mighty halls of U.S. comics. There's a lot going on, guys. There's a lot we're pushing. Um, you know, 2020 did a real number on everybody. And and by everybody, that, that also means organizations like our own. Um, but we're weathering the storm as best we can. We've never went backwards. We've only pressed forward. The only thing that has changed for us at times has been kind of the speed. So um, things are, you know, normal is uh, one of those terms that really has less meaning than ever so we're not going to use the word normal things you know just like the seasons things things are changing they're evolving constantly but the direction that we're moving in right now does mean new u.s comics content for you guys every single week and again the finish line is god willing god be good and gracious and kind especially to me not so much charlie um the finish the finish line is in sight so Super excited about that. And that's all I really have to say about U.S. Comics for now. I like it. You know what I'm really excited about? Yes. Starting your timer for the first topic of this lovely show. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to do it. Little baby Raff Raff, get that timer for me, buddy. Sure, pal. You're the greatest. <laughs> that's how we sound. That, uh... You guys, if you tune in to the video version of this, anywhere you can see video, you can yeah. see me doing a perfect puppet job. <clears throat> Just, just as bad as you might think it is. Wow. Anyway, so that being said, here's the fact. <laughs> again, we've uh, topic having begun. Look, we have all been under lock and key for the better part of a year at this point. So now we're, you know, the 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 ball has dropped collectively, and uh, some of the stories, unfortunately. They just don't they just don't know when to go away. Like, look, we understand you're there. 
We acknowledge your existence. Some of us like it more than others. But let's let's turn the page. There's got to be more information out there, right? There's got to be some stuff that I haven't heard about. But no. The damn director's cut of Justice League continues to haunt me like, like I got drunk as a 12-year-old and somehow foolishly agreed to mess around with a Ouija board. And I didn't say... Am I gonna die by the time I'm 27? No, I I said, oh, is there treasure buried in the house anywhere? No, no, no. Dumb drunk 12-year-old John <laughs> must have been like, eh, is there ever gonna be a night of release of a, the Justice League director's cut ever in my lifetime? And um, you know what? That stupid question has haunted me ever since. It does not want to go away. So here we are. We have talked literally to death about the director's cut of Justice League. I haven't seen any of it. Charlie, have you seen any of it? Baby Raph, have you seen any? No, no, and no. Yet the topic of conversation still somehow cycle. It comes back around to this fucking movie. And I, 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 I'm really starting to get jammed about. Now, now here's the thing. I love that it's like bugging you. Here's the thing. <laughs> Director's cuts as a species Ooh. of shit that annoys John. I know where this is going. <laughs> Someone saw Coda. Sometime, some, sometimes, if you're a particularly responsible person and you've got a deathly, uh, a deathly uh, allergy floating around your system... You'll wear like a a little bracelet, you know, like if you're definitely allergic to nuts like Charlie and milk like Charlie or, uh, you know, shrimp or penicillin like me. It's a terrible combination. If if your shrimp gets moldy, do not send it my way. It's no good. You just pour it. (laughs) Both of us should be wearing those bracelets, but we're stupid, (laughs) Um, but good looking. So it bounces out. That's true. Add to mine, Charlie. Call the engraver up. Add to my allergy bracelet director's cuts because <laughs> I am shitting pancakes at this point. I've been fucked so badly by director's cuts of movies <laughs> that have no business being retouched. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. I, I'm going to blame this. On one of the loves of my life, Amazon. I understand (laughs) Bezos has all the money. Like, if we were playing Monopoly, (laughs) Bezos would be the guy making change out of his personal stockpile of cash in front of him. I I get that. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, as a company, as like the the artificial AI that will eventually um, kind of become aware, self-aware. Amazon. I love Amazon. I'm minding my business, sitting on the couch, scratching something. And they're like, hey, John, you look bored. Why don't you watch Coda? I'm like, Coda? What's this? It's interesting because the poster kind of looks like kind of looks like Godfather 3. Two. <laughs> but I do the little reading, and and you know what? It did it it did come, it did bleep on my radar when it was first released. Like, oh shit. 
You re-edited it. Oh, that's what a shame. After the masterpieces, the undeniable masterpieces, God-given movies, Godfather 1 and Godfather 2, like where you can have fisticuffs with your grandma at church over which is better, one or two. Like this is serious business. And then they had the audacity of the studio, had the cojones to fuck with my man over three and just not let him, not just give him a blank checkbook, give him as many uh, cameras as he needs, whatever he needs to get it done. They messed with him. They didn't let him make the movie he wanted. That's a sin. Yeah, I want to see the recut mass. Clearly, this is going to be a masterwork. It wasn't. It, it did not. Uh, it was basically the fucking same. They didn't manage to completely teach everyone how to. They act. did not pull a Boba Fett and get redeemed. All right, they pulled the Jar Jar Binks and they stepped on their own tongue and tripped over themselves entering the room. Boy, was I pissed. So, so now I've got that stink. My four dollars or whatever it was is is a ghost. It's missing. Ghost. Now, now I have to be inundated with more of this fucking Justice League director's cut bullshit. But that all being said, that negativity having run yeah, its course. It's, yes, it's let, a positive point. Let the hate flow through you. I've got lightning shooting on my fingertips and orifices. Now I see that. The the issue is, well, look, guys, you're gonna love it, but I got news for you. It's a cul-de-sac. This is the dumbest. It can't go on. This it's, is the it's not gonna continue. Dumbest. Why on God's green earth would they announce that, regardless of reception, the Justice League miniseries? Reimagining director's cut, it's nope, doesn't count. So you're gonna keep just to just to clarify for the lovely listeners and watchers, the Snyder cut of Justice League, no matter what, doesn't count. So future movies will not build off of the Snyder universe. There's like it for Snyder it. back, leave it. Next fucking Justice League movie. Will be a tag. Will follow up the first um abomination that was the shitty Justice League we got. Now- they are they, they can't even decide like who the definitive actors portraying particular like like who's Batman right now? Who who's Batman? Well, they're, we've they're- got we've got more Batman. Then there are actual like bats hanging from a cave around the corner. Like there's no determined, like there has been no term. I've heard like, oh yeah, Affleck is the bat. No, no, he's not. Keaton is guy. No, 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 he isn't. So, so, and also freaking they're doing their very best to kill Pattinson on the, on the set of the, the current Batman movie that's filming. God knows what continu- continuity that exists well, in. They, they've made a very big point of like the Robert Pattinson movies in its own universe. Sure. Now, <clears throat> but now, but basically all of them are, which I'm I'm actually I'm kind of okay with. I'm well, kind I'm of okay with they they've established like they've they've kind of created this reality for us as fans. 
the second that they had characters being portrayed on TV and on the big screen independently, right? So, so now both DC and Marvel have a workaround for it. Fine. That's, that's entirely fine. I am very forgiving. I like what I like. I don't like what I don't like. I have no problem with you juggling properties, especially when they're yours. Hey, juggle them. Put a little pocket pool. If you got them, juggle them. Why not? <laughs> now, what, what really stuck out to me is I'm not precisely sure where it was. Well, Kev Smith actually made it a point to be like, that shit ain't true anyway. Like Kevin Smith is the ultimate. I know a guy who told me this guy. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, Kevin Smith says, no, he didn't. He said this other dude said it. So, so you we're at this point now where you kind of have to be careful what you listen to, like what yeah. you, what you accept fake news all over town. What has struck out, what, what really stuck in, in my proverbial craw is it's a fucking lie, Charlie. It's not true. Because here's the thing, and they've, yeah, yeah. How do I do this? I don't know. We, we've all been, we've all been in that place in our lives where we said, you know what? I'm taking off tomorrow. I'm fucking calling in sick tomorrow. Fuck this place. If anybody from work is listening, I don't mean you guys. I mean like you know before. If anyone from um, my work is listening, I fuck <laughs> you guys. So, but we we we've all we've all had that day at work where like I am taking a fucking sick day tomorrow. Right, you start planning that shit like a caper. You get the blue plans out, right? You start like, you know, okay, get the get the bag of coins, gonna swing it all over my head, fuck the floors. Like you're gonna work it out. You're planning it out. So how do you do that? Uh, right around noontime, like, <laughs> oh, what's up, Steve? No, I'm not feeling too good, man. Maybe something I ate. I'm gonna have a seat. Like you start, you start laying down the groundwork for your calling in sick the next day. That's if you're smart. Or if you're me or Charlie, don't I've never called out. No, we'll edit that. That's fine. That's fine. So, <laughs> in, <laughs> in that exact same vein, they're they have they are doing this like cul de sac. This is where it ends. Blah blah blah. But you know for a fucking fact, if that movie is a critical darling. If the fans gobble it up like leftovers on, on the morning after Thanksgiving, they absolutely will continue the story, but it won't be on the big screen, Charlie. Where will it be? HBO Max. No, it's going to be in comic books. Oh. Comic books. That's where all of this content came from. And in the fucking style of every uh, um, fan loved content that for whatever reason doesn't have the wherewithal to justify big budget on screen uh continuations you're gonna get it in comic book format charlie i gotta ask you how many uh movie properties that you love picked up after the end credits of the movie in comic book form all of them <laughs> i'm saying like off the top of my head Fight Club continued in, and that could have easily just been in regular uh, book form because that's how it originated. Um, but Fight Club, we got Fight Club two and three very recently. Fucking, we talked about it right here. Boondock Saints, maybe the most troubled production, the worst timing of any 
uh, Boston beer swilling uh, movie that's ever existed. They could not have possibly released at a worse time or tried to release at a worse time. So what did they do? They, uh, they We did get, ultimately, we did get two. Um, but then they went ahead and they continued on in comic book form. This is tried and true. I mean, you I know, mean, the, the, how, the, how many movies have gotten further life in comic books? It's, it's I cut you off. What'd you say? No, it's it's, it's even the Robocop reboot, the weird black suit, human hand. He had a few issues, dude. If you're book. gonna hand Frank Miller Robocop, guess what? You're gonna get it in a fucking comic book. Look, and, and and this is probably the best example of it that I can think of. An entire movie franchise was birth out of the comic book, kind of like, oh, you know what will be fun? Alien versus Predator only existed on the big screen for for good or bad because of the success that it had in comic book format after both of those franchises as far as they knew closed the doors that they didn't they didn't know at that time that they were going to keep on going until uh everything you know everything kind of like dropped off the dropped off the vine um army of darkness had awesome uh comic book life after death on the movie screen um fucking buffy yeah, the Buffy comic book was debatably even better than the show. I mean, look at the run, the 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 comic run, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. Sorry, I thought you were gonna go directly there. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars, oh, especially Turtles. if you're playing with Charlie's girlfriend because she has... takes no prisoners in Monopoly. Trust me. Fuck. Um. Even even properties that started as comics went to movies, came back to piggyback off the movies in comic book comic book form it's, mm -hmm. it's almost a no-brainer fuck um, yeah it, it just some of my some of my favorite indiana jones stories are from the indiana jones comic books you weren't gonna look harrison ford he was grumpy as a motherfucker before he get his hands on some weed he was not gonna make 52 indiana jones stories no matter how much i begged and pleaded yeah not every franchise can be james bond not every franchise is like we're doing That's it true. forever well, like, you, you know what, and and we we talk about him plenty because he's a great inspiration to both of us. But but Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith wasn't going to make a Blunt Man and Chronic movie. He wasn't going to make Chasing Dogma a movie. Um, Walt Flanagan's Dog wasn't going to get screen time. Like uh, you know, sometimes it just makes more sense. It's it's a shorter timeline. And you know what though, when you when you really hit a home run. And when it strikes a chord, you know what? Say, hey, look, look at all this fucking success that we've had. Let's indeed take it back up to the big screen. Or, you know, nowadays we have all these other options, streaming, blah, 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 whatever the case might be. But that being said, my point is Justice League, the, the, the Snyder, um, the Justice League director's cut story that was begun foolheartedly, in my own personal opinion, I think he really missed the take on a lot of the characters, but that's a conversation for another day or show. Um, we we absolutely are going to get a continuation of the Kali. What happened next? We're gonna get it. We're just gonna get it in comic books. It's gonna be hard to see. Maybe where it belongs. This is gonna be hard as fuck to see because everything's black. Maybe we They're all. Like, uh, how many tones of fucking black do you want us to print this in, dude? Just, so, just, oh. Why didn't they just let him do a Batman movie? That's clearly all he wanted. He's like, oh, but Wonder Woman's there. 
but she's like dark and brutal. And Cyborg's there, but he's dark and brutal. And Flash is there, and he's a little autistic, but also dark and brutal. <coughs> They're like, Flash, you literally get the only somewhat comical lines this movie's even going to think about. No pressure. No, no pressure, pressure at all. And we have to use a, a stand-in for Wonder Woman. <laughs> want this dumb sex joke. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, with that being said, terrible. The people who are excited, um, I'm excited. Also, God bless you. I'm also going to be watching it. Yeah, so, you know, I'm going to. They shit. know they have our money. I got nothing to do. That thing is going to do amazing numbers. It's no different, and and this is definitely a topic for a different day. All you people who spent so much time and energy shitting on Wonder Woman two, get your shiny boots on. Because Wonder Woman 3 is coming. It was a massive success. The quickness is coming, too. any metric. And shut up. Because that's how it works. Shut your mouths, you nerds. And and the thing I love about... The thing I love about what's happening with the Snyder Cut, though, um, and Robert Pattinson's Batman movie, which I'm excited for, and this, like, brand-new slate of, like, weird... In, um, Weird DC properties are going to go to HBO Max. So, like, some characters that maybe they wouldn't be brave enough to bring to the big screen are going to get their kind of time in the light. Yeah. And it could maybe be riskier. And maybe you let the directors and writers, you know, write and direct without weeks and shit of, uh, of interference. Woo, perfect timing because it wasn't me that got cut off. Woo! Son of a bitch! You know it, you know it, you know what that sound means. It means one thing and one thing only, and that it is time to pay them bills. Because the fact of the matter is that we couldn't do this without certain things. We couldn't do this, obviously, without Charlie. Uh, that's what he keeps on telling me. We couldn't do it without our viewers and listeners. But we damn sure couldn't do it without our sponsors. So, that being said, and credit where credit's due, one of our sponsors. Actually, you know what, Charlie? Why don't you tell them about our sponsors? Oh, I'm gonna because you're wearing their limited edition T-shirt that's no longer available. I have their very available patch <laughs> on my shirt. Uh, and that is the absolute incredible Bad Mary. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Insta. They make the song you hear at the top of the show. You're going to hear another song of theirs at the bottom of the show. They can be found on all that social media at Bad Mary Band. You can find them on their website, badmary.com. You can go and financially support them by going to patreon.com forward slash Bad Mary. And here's the best part. You want to listen to their tunes right now? Well, Bad Mary's available on all music streaming services. Damn straight. Damn straight. Too sweet. <laughs> Our other sponsor right here on Facebook Gaming, it's Sergeant Finesse. Two streams a day, outstanding gaming content, supporter streams, uh, giveaways, contests. Just do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Do not be a sucker. He does not like it. Check him out today. Throw him a like, a follow. Consider becoming a supporter yourself. Mm. If you need to pick me up, follow the White Rabbit. I've been doing it all show, and clearly it works. Go over to sneakenergy.com. Use code SGT at checkout. If you're looking for some fresh new threads, like not necessarily my Bad Mary t-shirt, but his 
Sergeant Finesse shirts. Go to geeksunleashed.com. They even have yoga pants, which his followers are desperate, desperate to see him in a pair of. I don't know why. Uh, use code Sarge there at checkout when the Sarge is on deck. Salute to Jeezy, son, because that is what you say for streamers. I, I learned that. I learned it. Oh. Um, actually, and, and another another sponsor, not necessarily, but friends of the show, I want to go ahead and plug. Um, friend and co-worker for here at U.S. Comics, uh, Jordan Hugh, as well as Bad Mary's own Mike Stubb, have their own podcast that is being birthed to life this coming Friday. How about this podcast? You can find it wherever you get your podcast. Again, it's published to go live this Friday. Look, we know them. We love them. Those are two of the most talented, funniest, um, you know, well-informed dudes that they're that they that they that they make like you go to the store you're like mm, can I get a Jordan Hill a Jordan Hill Jordan Hugh uh what size give me a small because I like to feel I like to feel kind of big it's like mm, no sorry we only made one he's already out oh can I get a Mike Stav he's like real musical luscious golden locks they're like nah sorry that one's gone too you don't want to miss the rush <laughs> go out and get your Jordan and Mike you can get them at how about this podcast starting this Friday and then every Friday for the foreseeable future. I heard that they have some very, very handsome guests lined up. Damn sure. Handsome and hairy. <laughs> John, do me a favor and start my timer. I'll go ahead and start it now. So I had to look back at the dumpster fire that was 2020, and there are some notable moments of pure joy. I feel like what 2020 did for me, I don't know if you feel the same way, is it turned my volume all the way up. I felt things a lot stronger, both good and a ton of bad, unfortunately. But I wanted to focus on my top 10 things that made me filled with joy, joy feelings. You're huh. our Lord 2020. And I wanted to know how you felt about it. But because I'm a dirty cheat, I could not break it down to just 10. I just, there were too many fighting. What are your top 242 things? <laughs> uh, I cut it down to 12. I thought 12 was fair. Uh, and I wanted to know how you felt about it. See if you felt as in love with this stuff as I do. I mean, this is hundreds right. of hours of entertainment. So, so strap in. We're going to start off. I have a little bit of a, a visual aid for some of this. Uh, we're going to start off it's in vague order. But understand my order has changed four billion times, up to and including the moment we started recording. But coming in at number 10, at number 12 of Charlie's top 10, The Queen's Gambit. Uh, the Queen's Gambit on Netflix was absolutely uh, something I did not expect. I could give a fuck less about <laughs> chess. Uh, you beat the hell out of me. I did, uh, I did yeah. January 1st. I didn't even feel bad about it. You did not. You, in fact, showed me a hundred ways that you were also a bad player, but you just wanted me to feel even worse about the whooping you got. Uh, visually, I thought this show was stunning. I took real personal offense to people being like, well, did they need the scene where she was drunk dancing in her underwear? Shut up. Shut up. They wanted the scene. The scene <laughs> there. 
Stop pooing on my on my happy, you pieces of trash. You stink. People stink. People do stink. How do you feel about Queen's Gambit? Would it have made your top 12? A hundred percent it would have. Uh, you know, it's kind of tough for me to instantly rank them, but it absolutely would have appeared there. I mean, I've, for me personally, I, I've been a, a chess lover for, for many, many years, but it was one of those things where like, oh yeah, that's right. I love chess. To the point where like I, I reactivated uh, my chess.com account and uh, things like that, kind of dusted off the sets. Um, just an outstanding movie. Now, what's really interesting eh, as a storyteller uh, for me watching it, this was another example of how you can tell empowering stories. Now, this happens to this. This is not based on any kind of historical person. This is a completely fictional story. Right. So they made it a point where they put it in a particular uh, period of time where, you know, it it apparently word on the street was it was not the easiest time to be a woman. Right. So watching this and not having any historical uh, background to where the story is going to go, every time her character was in somewhat of a precarious position, we're like, oh, that guy's sketchy. Oh, be careful. Like every time you thought she was in real danger because of a, a male character, she wasn't. And sometimes when she was in potentially a dangerous scenario, she intentionally put herself there knowing that it could be a potential uh, you know, issue for her. Like characters told her, be careful. This. She's like, yeah, okay, don't worry about it. I got it. You also told me not to move, move my rook to night four, but I fucking that, had that work out pretty good. So they made it a point where they, they told a very interesting story, a very satisfying ending to the story, which to me is sometimes the most important thing. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we're going to finish that last bite and be like, mm, not like have it be awesome in that last bite, like bite you back. They made it a point that, that when she was in the situations, her, her, her biggest spoiler alert, her biggest uh, threat to her uh, uh, kind of like well being. Was her, yeah, right. So, so, so they showed like the reality of the time, even though it's a fictional character, fictional situation, and they said like, look, this is where should have gonna could have gone very, very bad. Now, for this particular character, it didn't. Yeah, you would. That's not what the story's about. You would have been burned. I got eleven more of these, so I'm gonna cut you off. Do it. Uh, that would have worked as a like, yeah, I liked it, but thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for the the lesson. In Check. The episode one review, <laughs> fucking guy. Uh, coming in at number eleven. <laughs> coming in at number eleven, we got Umbrella Academy season mm. two. Uh, it is hard for a second anything, second season, second, second son, second son. <laughs> you come out all chubby and oddly pale, but also tan. Uh, I don't know how that works. Um, Umbrella Academy season two somehow managed to give me nothing I asked for, and it was always better. The subtle, the, the way that this superhero story speaks to human beings and the human condition and our wants and the complexities of things like love, and then managed to be like the, you know, old timey times weren't great for women or black people, but especially not black women. Even if you have dope superpowers, the 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 show at every turn. Hispanic guys. Yeah, just little arm guys. 
you know, the, the show wound up being uh, gay guys, dead Asians. Yeah, it's just, yeah, poor dead Asian guy just trying to get laid. Uh, just, just rude. I mean, I, I personally thought the, the Allison story was really, really special to me because this is someone who's like, I'm done. I don't want to be involved. Oh, there's some shit I need to be involved in. Uh, it, it meant a lot to me in a, in a weird way. Uh, briefly, John, how did you feel about it? Charlie, I liked it. I hate, I hate you so much. Uh, moving on to the, the first official one, because I, I had to talk about Queen's Gambit, had to talk about Umbrella Academy, because I couldn't not have in my top 10 what we do in the Shadows Season 2. Managed to, once again, just like Umbrella Academy, even more so, jump over Season 1. And, and this show is based on a beloved cult movie. Oh, Season two was amazing. It's again, it's such a human story. What we do in the shadows is this over the top, occasionally gross out humor comedy show on FX. That's really about like loving your family and the family you build, not being the family you had. And, and I know how douchey and pretentious I sound saying that like, that's not lost on me. Tough shit. I don't know what to tell you. It fucking rules. It rules. Now you hit me to this. Not you, Guillermo. I um I love this show. This is one of the shows that if it comes up in conversation, I light up. If the person that I'm talking to also has seen it, I will I could go on all day about it, regardless of how much time is left on his topic. If the person hasn't seen it, I am instantly offended by their very existence. And I insist that they go and do not talk to me again until they have absorbed every minute of what, what they do in the shadows content that's out there. I love it. The guest stars, a show, show can never be uh, weighed by its guest stars like that. That's people say it all the time. And, and rightfully so like that's a cheap out when a guest star appears on the show, it's it it only makes it fucking better because it's their interaction with that particular person. Like this, this season, uh, we got Nick Crow back again. We got uh, Mark Hamill for the first time. Yes. Um, uh, it is just mwah, just a pointy tooth. Mwah. As a guy who's been a vampire on more than one occasion, mwah, 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 bat, <laughs> dude. What was it, Jackie Daytona? When? <laughs> When he becomes a bartender, that if you haven't seen it, it's a quick watch. Jackie Daytona, you, human you, bartender. <laughs> Charlie Rivera, human podcaster, will be my next intro. So help me God. Uh, <laughs> when I when I needed it most, when I was when I was depressed because of everything that was 2020. Uh, the, you know, what we do in the shadows really did make me laugh, but simultaneously making me laugh and really warming up my heart was uh, an Apple Plus show called Ted Lasso. Have you watched this yet, John? I have not, dude. This Ted Lasso, first of all, it's a comedian we both love, but the character he's playing would make Leslie Nope. 
look like a host of U.S. Comics cast. <laughs> oh, oh, Leslie, I'm so sorry. This is uh, so so. Jason Sudeikis stars and created this character Ted Lasso, and he's put in charge of uh, of a Premier League of a of a football club or soccer. If you're heathens like us, and this fucking guy. To, I, I'll, I'll, without spoiling any of it, because I feel like a lot of people haven't seen it, because who the fuck has Apple Plus? Uh, there's a scene where he turns to ask the team for, like, a bonding exercise. Do they want to have a movie night or a pillow fight? And they're all like, fucking a, mo a movie night. He goes, <laughs> all right, but the one time you say pillow fight, you'll never go back. And <laughs> not, he's, never, he's never the butt of the joke which I appreciate so much because it's so easy to write that character as like a total dip fish out of water. It's yeah. It's, it's like a, it's a fish out of water meets just jackass. Like when someone's that positive, it's very easy for them to look like a schmuck. And he never really does. He just makes you want to be a better person. You cannot watch a couple episodes of Ted Lasso and not want to be a better human. Mm, even me, he, especially you, mm. sir. I forced it onto this list. I don't know, man. All, I have a pretty high opinion of myself. All uh, when I was making this list, one of the problems was I didn't want to just do comics or movies or TV shows. I wanted it to be everything. And uh, uh, last year or two years ago, I borrowed my friend's PlayStation to play Spider-Man. Um, and it wasn't Miles Morales that made me borrow my friend's PlayStation again. Instead, it was a game I fully wasn't expecting, and that's Ghost of Tsushima. Um, this game, John, is a game you must find time. Yeah, I've played play. it. It's, you it's, have. It's, um, it's like playing a painting. It is, it is it's art. It's gorgeous. You know, it's you know really gorgeous. I have really strong negative opinions about uh, everything. About everything, including games. Um, I'm not even going to poo-poo the game that everyone says is the game of the year because I just truly believe when it comes to when it comes to video games, some things are undeniable. And anyone who looks at a minute of this game, if you're playing this game and someone's walking by the television, they're going to stop and stare like it's a painting in a museum. The, the way that they use the wind in this game to direct you yeah. in the right direction as opposed to a mini-map or... or Direct arrows on the ground. The game is is beautiful. There's a theme here for my 2020 list. It also speaks to forging a destiny that you're proud of. Mm -hmm. It is a game that affected me emotionally. Now, Spider-Man was fun to play. Uh, Miles Morales is an amazing game, which I highly recommend to play. Ghost of Tsushima lives with me the same way some films do That's awesome books do uh it was i gotta get back to it a little bit because i you know it, you know how it is you get sidetracked and you know like it, it, for me it wasn't like something to like i needed to get either inspired to pick up the six before it again well it's like to get the momentum going into it because it was just so highly recommended i'm like oh, all right let me let me see what we got yeah it's 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 so worth it and kind of the further the further you fall into it, the more you get out of it. Mm -hmm. Is really just something special. Nice. Uh, something else special. It, it was. It was probably 
and again, it's weird because there's another movie on the list that I rank higher. Uh, the Trial of, of the Chicago 7 might be my favorite film of the year. Um, Aaron Sorkin, this is his second directorial effort. Um, man, it, it, if you haven't checked this out on Netflix, I don't even know. I don't even know what you're doing. The political subtext, the way that it speaks to kind of young people. Oh, it is. It is. It is broad strokes. It's not subtext. It's like it's it's out there. That's a very good point. It's just, it's crazy. And it and it, you know, for those of you that don't know the story, it is one of those things that you can go into this movie. I guarantee you're gonna finish watching this film. You're probably gonna push a tear away from your cheek, and you're immediately gonna hop on and Google search this this tremendous. Uh, tremendous story. You know, the, 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 the thing that comes to mind is the whole world is watching. This yeah. is um, not only a chant from the movie, it's mm -hmm. the movie. Again, it steered me back on course in a time where I needed it in a time yeah. where I needed a, a, um, a fictionalized version of reality to give me the energy I needed to kind of, push forward it really is it's a remarkable well thing. It, it it accomplishes so much you know that that's it like sorkin's mostly known for his uh television and, and kind of theater work um and in television you have you've got like a a, a a large canvas you've got a lot of hours um to to tell your overall story as opposed to movies where you have you know a finite amount of encapsulated period of time that you can get it done so to speak and then on one hand you have the historical responsibility to get it right because this is not something that you just like dreamed up sitting in the bathtub to make a point no this is shit that really happened these are real people and these are these are also like not these are not um casual throwaway names these are legendary americans that you're talking about so you have a very, very much a responsibility to get that shit right. But on the same token, you, this isn't a History Channel production. Yeah. That would be Vikings. No, this is something that's like designed to entertain. It's storytelling. But like we talk about here in the capacity of U.S. comics all the time, comic books, movies, TV, whatever the case might be, like tell me the story, fine. But you can tell me the story how you got a flat tire going to the flea market. That's a story, too. Like, if you're going to tell me a story and it's big budget and it's all these talent uh, in the collect in the same room, why are you telling me that story? Why is it important? So you cannot step away from this movie, from this story, without knowing why it's important. And uh, I, I love that you love this. I loved it, too. It, but it, I, I can't knowing who is involved. I'm like, I'm going to love this. Yeah. Start. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad that you really had that experience. I was I was I was having a rough day. Um, I needed something to watch. I didn't care what mm. it popped up as like the first thing. And I was like, who, who, yeah, whatever. I was stuck in a personal vacuum um, to the point where I was kind of ignoring the outside world a bit. And it was a, a very, it was a very interesting watch in that headspace. And, and since then I've watched it a couple times. Um, and, and I, I just, it's just a brilliant piece of um, it's, a, That's awesome. it's a brilliant piece of art. I really did love it. Good. Um, Something else I, I love for a way different reason. Uh, AEW this year has proved to be this amazing thing. Technically, it came out uh, it came out in 2019, 
Um, they celebrated their one year anniversary kind of in the yeah, slide for it because like I feel like there's no visual aid. No, there there is, but it's a oh. it's a little bit different because it's not just AEW as as much as that was important to me. It was a very specific episode mm. of their television, and that was the celebration oh. for yeah. the recently passed Brody Lee. Uh, this happened right before the new year. This episode uh, on December thirtieth, yeah. and the holidays are an emotional time for my family. Um, and it was very interesting to see so much reverence paid for someone who was certainly a main event talent, um, was an awesome character in, in both WWE and then more recently in AEW, but to see a whole show dedicated to him and his family, um, you know, God, God bless, uh, Brody Lee, God bless his family. And God bless AEW and the owner, uh, Tony Khan, for putting aside what they was probably best for business and focusing two hours on a remarkable man. Without yeah, the right thing to do. And it was without being like a clip show. It wasn't, there was very little Brody Lee shown. Instead, you felt him for every minute of that two hours. And, uh, you know, the last tribute show I remember affecting me was when Eddie Guerrero passed. And as good as that tribute was, this was a masterstroke in how to honor a person who meant a lot to seemingly everyone. Yeah, the industry. The industry really came out for him, which was awesome to see. It was something else. I don't want to I don't want to harp on it too much as my time winds down. But uh, if you can uh, check it out, it is available on uh, on the nice. TV. Uh, app you can watch old episodes it is a it is a beautiful thing uh, i'm gonna go through these kind of quick uh the boys season two again proving that uh that you can really really take something that i don't necessarily the the boys comic is great it's very negative i think hands down the show uh is doing a better job than the comic did at at telling its stories um hmm, really i i do i i do season two kind of solidified that feeling for me um where it's just if if i if it comes between reading the books or watching the show i'd rather watch the show no no i i i don't i don't mean in like a in a, a puncher versus um you know pugilist type way i think they're both magnificent you know uh for what they are but um i don't think that they're particularly negative i think it's a it's a mirror right artwork oh, is a mirror Artwork is a mirror that we hold up and we see ourselves. No way. Someone's got to check that game clock. I don't know about that. Um, Run through them, though, Charlie. Run through them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just real lightning fast. Uh, when I needed it, a movie that I was always going to love, it would be very hard to not make me love it, but then wound up being so much more meaningful in 2020 uh bill and ted face the music was uh was next level for me uh to the point where i bought you a copy you it, did. Was, it was one of the first it was supposed to be theatrical they were like if you want it you could just buy it uh and buy it i did then i bought it for my brother i could have shared my code like we've done a billion times with a billion movies no we haven't but yeah, no, yeah we haven't he said um bill and ted face the music was a hug I needed and the universe gave it to me. And uh, when I'm feeling blue, I can pop it on in the background. And if I look up, I'm probably going to be smiling. And it's another one of these stories that like 
there's this real beautiful understory of of Ted feels lost. Yeah. He doesn't feel like himself. He's trying to maybe fit in where he doesn't belong. So there's a theme of the movie where it's him finding himself, which fucking it's Keanu Reeves. I'm, I'm always going to be there for that. Uh, that part. Coming in as, as my number three greatest thing I set eyes to, uh, and that is the Daredevil run that is currently going on. Uh, I've spoken about this comic before. Uh, this uh, Chip Zdarsky, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I, I butchered that. Um, Chip Zdarsky, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marco Cicchetto, Mike Hawthorne, Francis Mobili, Georgie uh, Forns, Marco Menez, Mattia Iasion, uh, uh, Nolan Woodward, and Clayton Cowles put together this master. This run of Daredevil might be the best run of Daredevil of all time really right now in bold words from a bold man all these people talking about what they what they love or hated and and comics aren't comics anymore and i wish there was a cop if you're not reading this comic book sit down you cannot be involved in the conversation if you're not reading this uh this book coming in at number two with a bullet is blue in green really? uh, now i've done a real uh I'm this, I'm shocked that this is making an appearance. Re you, you've read oh, on, on your list. You've read? I have indeed. And well, well it's a, it's a off-camera topic because we're up against the clock, but yeah, yeah, it came to me in an interesting way. Yeah, blue and green. Uh I watched Disney Soul, uh, spoke very highly of it to you, as I was doing with a lot of people, and a buddy of mine dropped off a copy of blue and green for me to read. Uh, this is about a jazz musician who sells his soul to uh, he sells his soul to be the best. Um, what's amazing about this book, specifically the art, it goes from kind of that traditional nine box into a real free flowing jazzy visual to go along with this story. Um, it is uh, it, again, I, I, I feel like I'm so boring because I keep saying like these are masterworks, but 2020 just kept giving and giving and giving in the art world. Ram V uh, and Anad RK and Aditya Bidakar, I apologize a million times, they made a comic book about jazz, John, that I couldn't put down. You yeah. know, so it's really interesting. Did, would, did this come to you before our conversation regarding the, the documentary that I was talking about? No, it came after. It came after it. So, so like, isn't it interesting how like those parallels it's are right not, there? Not only that, John, you gave me a soundtrack for the book. Um, uh, and I don't know if you want to name drop them. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, John hit me to a jazz musician. Uh, our, you know, maybe the, 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 the real godfather of, of what jazz means right now. Well, not not so much jazz, but uh, but blues. Blues. I'm now, sorry. what's interesting, and again, I, I don't want to take away. I know we're on overtime as it is. Um, they but they missed us. This com <laughs> this comic is also like um, like some of the, some of the best things are like a combination of two tastes that you love or that you would love if you came across them independently. So Robert Johnson is considered by many people the absolute like 
godfather of uh, the blues and, and the blues kind of segued into rock and roll, like the very earliest rock and roll. And uh, Robert Johnson has a, it's like a legendary uh, and, and something that he leaned into for his career, like the devil at the crossroads Faustian type um, type of type of story. But then also as well as you have Miles Davis um, and Miles Davis jazz wise is like, you, you don't get better than Miles Davis. Right. Um, and then also, so you have this comic book that now actually shares the name with a Miles Davis album, right? Blue and green is the name of an album. Um, he's playing, you know, and, and again, nothing is exactly the same, but, it, but everything is like adjacent to uh, something. So that, that's where inspira the inspiration um, is almost always independently greater than what it has inspired. But that thing, that new thing would never exist otherwise. And it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. Again, we'll go, go into it separately. But um, this came to my attention by from a source that you never in a million years would have thought. But I, I also love you. Awesome. Yeah, it's it. If you like soul, you'll love this. If you love comics, you'll you love, love jazz, you'll love it. If you yeah, love you artwork, love you'll love it. It's it's again. It is. I'm so happy you found this. A big me too. It really wound up filling it. It every now and then there are stories that, and I've I've kind of in this list of twelve, there's five or six that really have affected my soul. Um, this probably affected it the most. It, it really is. Um, That's it awesome. is amazing what when something and the conversation we had about about you know this famous musician and the soundtrack that you in essence provided me to. My dream way of reading Robert Johnson, man. If anyone is on on uh, familiar with his music, well, first and first, mostly you're not unfamiliar with music because he has yeah. inspired so many artists. But like you have heard Robert Johnson, if you've ever watched Blues Brothers, you've yeah. heard Robert Johnson music, just not by him. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's again, it's it's something else, and and also Miles Davis like literally made the world go round for decades and decades. If you don't know Miles Davis, if you don't own multiple iterations of Miles Davis music, shame on you. Rectify that shit. There are some things that when you're in your, I'll give you if you're under thirty. When you're in your thirties, there are certain things that should be part of your life. No, uh, even if you me. sure putting it down, pick 30. it up first. Um, coming in at number one, we don't need to talk about it. Uh, Mandalorian season two, oh, oh. Was my everything. Um, again, we've we've said all we need to say about it. It's actually the safety net I thought I had to avoid going into overtime, but I was wrong. Um, for my brother, just just look at him. Look at them beefy shoulders. Look at that ever thinning waist. Just looking strong. He is the co-founder. He is the COO of US Comics. I'm sorry. He is the CEO of US Comics because I'm the COO. Because <laughs> I'm the COO of US Comics. You can find us on every bit of social media at US Comics HQ. You can find our website at uscomicshq.com. We're on the YouTube. We're on in, we're on all of that stuff. U.S. Comics HQ. Make sure you rate, comment, subscribe. If you're watching the video version on Facebook, make sure you give it a like. Make sure you give it a share. I cannot tell you the difference it makes. We are trying to be on someone else's list of a thing that affects their soul. 
U.S. comics will be the sum total of what John and I have desperately wanted to say for a long time. But we just said a whole bunch over the last chunk of time. There is a tradition of how we end these shows, John. So why don't you tell them uh, how do we end U.S. Comics, Cam? Look, if you're not sure at this point, do yourself a favor. Do us a favor. Write it down. Take a look at it. As soon as the lights go down, you got to turn the power on. You got to turn the volume up. You got to tune Bad Mary in. You got to open up the window wide and scream out into the night sky, save me, space girl. We out.